Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering, delivering made-from-scratch hot meals and individual boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses, and factories, even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandmascatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. Today is Wednesday, November 30th. Coming up, in the Great Plains, widespread drought has dried up lakes and rivers, decimated crop harvests, and left cattle with no grass to eat. It's everybody. It's everybody. There's no one excluded from it. Everybody's having that. Hard choices. We'll hear how climate change has changed life across the region. But first, some headlines. Missouri executed Kevin Johnson last night by lethal injection. Rachel Lipman has more. Kevin Johnson was put to death by lethal injection shortly before 8 p.m. Tuesday. He was 19 when he shot and killed Sergeant William McEntee. A jury convicted him of the murder in 2007 and sentenced him to death. In fighting for a reprieve, Johnson's attorneys never argued that he was innocent of the crime. Instead, they pointed to an independent review that found pervasive racial biases in the way former St. Louis County Prosecutor Bob McCullough handled death penalty cases, especially when the victim was a police officer. The Missouri Supreme Court rejected the racial bias argument multiple times, most recently late on Monday. Johnson is the second person the state has put to death this year. President Joe Biden's pick to be the next U.S. attorney in Kansas is a former assistant Jackson County prosecutor. KCUR's Dan Margulies reports. Kate Brubacher, a native of North Newton, Kansas, served in the Jackson County Prosecutor's Office from 2016 until August of this year. She was part of a team of Jackson County prosecutors who fought for the exoneration of Kevin Strickland, who spent 43 years in prison for a triple murder he did not commit. He was exonerated in late 2021. Jackson County Prosecutor Gene Peters Baker hailed Brubacher's selection. I will tell you, um, in all earnestness, he is one of the best lawyers that I've met. If confirmed by the Senate, Brubacher will oversee about 50 prosecutors and 50 support staff at offices in Kansas City, Kansas, Topeka, and Wichita. COVID-19 cases in the metro have plateaued since October, but a local hospital is still seeing more patients than usual. KCUR's Noah Taborda has more. The metro area averaged 140 cases per day in the week ending November 19th, according to the Mid-America Regional Council. That's down from 151 cases the week prior. Dana Hawkinson is the chief infectious disease expert for the University of Kansas Health System. He says there are still more patients than he would like coming in with severe COVID-19. Still just kind of hanging in that higher range than we would like. So we'll just kind of see what happens, but hopefully we can knock those numbers down a little bit. Last week, 81 people were hospitalized per day in the metro area. Today, we bring you two stories about the impact of climate change. Drought now covers more than half the continental U.S., and its ripple effects touch everything from the food we eat to the air we breathe. The Great Plains is one of the hardest-hit regions, and there's not much relief in sight. For Harvest Public Media and the Kansas News Service, David Condos brings us part one of this two-part series. It's cattle auction day at the La Crosse Livestock Market in West Central Kansas. In a non-stop parade, thousands of giant animals trot through one gate and out the other from morning till nightfall. This is a common scene here in the heart of Great Plains cattle country. But what's unusual is just how many calves, heifers, and cows are packed into these pens. We're at 390 cows so far. Typically, it'd be half that much. 
market owner Frank Seidel says the auction has sold roughly 12,000 more cattle this year than last. So why are so many ranchers clamoring to thin their herds? Drought, one of the worst on record. It's dried up grazing pastures across the state, leaving cattle with no grass to eat. Seidel says he's never seen it so bad. It's everybody. It's everybody. There's no one excluded from it. Everybody's having that hard choices. Cattle producers from Texas to Montana face those same hard choices. And because so many have to sell their cattle months or even years ahead of schedule, there will be a shortage next year, which will mean higher beef prices at the grocery store. In the hallways outside the auction, rancher after rancher tells the story. I had to sell off my calves in August. Everybody dealing with shortage of feed. It's dry has been since 1955. I was here. <laughs> G.W. Johnston sold 52 of his cattle here today because there's no grass left on his land. Out of 60 years since I've been in the business, I've never run into it this bad. As climate change fuels more frequent, more intense droughts, it's hard to count all the ways this historically dry, hot, windy year is wreaking havoc. Just ask the person whose job it is to keep track, the National Drought Mitigation Center's Denise Gutzmer. I'm just swamped. <laughs> it just feels like my days never end. Deadly wildfires, choking dust storms, decimated harvests. In Missouri, the drought is cracking home foundations. In Minnesota, it's killing Christmas trees. Low water levels have shut down a hydroelectric plant in Iowa and stranded barges on the Mississippi River. When declining water levels at an Oklahoma City lake threatened drinking water for more than one million people, the city had to bring in billions of gallons from a reservoir 100 miles away. And as farmers pump more water from underground to make up for a lack of rain, some areas consider new irrigation limits. Nate Jenkins with the Natural Resources District in southwest Nebraska says it's a tough ask, but a year like this highlights the need to conserve. When it gets this hot and dry and windy, you know, I think some people kind of shake their head and say, Jesus, this is getting kind of ridiculous, isn't it? When's it going to stop? That is the question on people's minds across the Great Plains as this drought barrels toward the new year and a rare triple-dip La Nina weather pattern is set to deliver a drier-than-average winter. On his family farm in southwest Kansas, Alex Miller-Shasky crouches next to a row of tiny wheat plants, no taller than the average lawn. Harsh, relentless winds batter the seedlings with dry, dusty dirt, surrounding some of them with small sand dunes. Just imagine yourself as a wheat plant planted in the ground, getting hit in the face all day by that sand. But it's so dry. He says the last time this field got a good rain was May of last year. His family's most recent harvest was the worst in at least five decades, and the prospects for this new crop look discouraging. Nationwide, winter wheat is in the poorest condition it's ever been on record, as the war in Ukraine and extreme weather around the world continue to fuel global food shortages. Miller Shasky picks up one of the seedlings and shields it from the wind. A short, scraggly root dangles below. These baby plants are holding on, for now. Barely. But if his farm doesn't get some relief from the dry, windy conditions, they're not going to make it. It just kind of sucks because you're doing your best you can <laughs> and, you know, nothing's really working. But, you know, you just kind of got to grind through it and wait for the better days. For the Kansas News Service and Harvest Public Media, I'm David Condos in Gray County, Kansas. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Think of this year's drought as a sort of dress rehearsal to consider the drier, hotter future that scientists predict climate change has in store. Long-lasting drought conditions could change how we breathe and where we go for a drink of water. Elizabeth Rembert brings us part two of this series from Harvest Public Media and the Kansas News Service. 
I'm walking through the Platte River right now to get to a sandbar that's right next to a bridge. You can hear the cars passing overhead. The reason I'm able to walk right now in the Platte is because there's just a couple of inches of water in the river. It's so shallow that I actually saw some guys driving their pickup truck in the riverbed. Even so, the fact that there's any water in the Platte is a little bit unusual. For the past few months, parts of the river have been bone dry. Every time I do drive across the Platte, you just see the dryness. You just kind of hold your breath a little bit. That's Liz Elliott. She works for the city of Lincoln, which relies on the Platte for some of its water. She's part of a team searching for another water source as the Midwest gets drier and hotter. And we know to make sure that we have water for the next 100 years that we need to find a second source of water. Thinking far ahead is a good idea, according to Daniel Weitzel. He's a climatologist with the High Plains Regional Climate Center and the National Drought Mitigation Center. He says things will have to change as dry stretches that were once in a lifetime become more like every couple of years. Like you've heard about a uh, thousand year precipitation events, right? So in similar light, we could have thousand year droughts. In the coming decades, higher temperatures and lower rainfall will mean more dry years. Downpours will be intense and short, depositing months of rain in days. The hard, sun-baked soil won't be able to take in the moisture. That is going to substantially limit the ability of this part of the world to function as one of the major quote-unquote breadbasket regions. Nick Jordan is an ecologist at the University of Minnesota. He says U.S. agriculture is going to have to change significantly to find its place in a drier future. It could mean fewer corn and soybean fields. They have to be planted every year and take a lot of water. We have to move away from that or we're going to have a food system that's really vulnerable to the variable weather. There's going to be a lot of collateral damage to society. So instead of cornflakes, will we eat Kernza flakes? Kernza is a perennial grain, which Jordan says could do better in future droughts. It doesn't have to be planted every year, and its deep roots can track down water. But the economy would have to change a lot for farmers to opt for perennials over good old reliable corn. It's in candy bars, antibiotics, gasoline. But corn isn't the only thing that takes a lot of water. One pound of beef costs about 40 bathtubs. Enter lab-grown meat. Emma Ignaszewski is with the Good Food Institute, which researches alternative proteins. Communities have been forced to adapt to increasing droughts, floods, fires, and crop failures, all while the demand for meat is set to double by 2050. She says meat that's grown from animal cells can get people their protein fix. After all, labs don't need Mother Nature for ideal growing conditions. Dry ground doesn't just hurt agriculture. It can also hurt people by making its way into their lungs through dust storms like this one, which hit western Kansas earlier this fall. Jesse Bell studies water, climate, and health at the University of Nebraska Medical Center. He says air pollution from dust storms and wildfires could cause serious problems for people with asthma or increase heat-related deaths. Drought changes the environment, and that change in the environment can lead to human health outcomes. It'll take time before we understand the full scope of how drought affects human health. But Bell says it's a good time to start preparing. The problems could potentially get worse in the future. If we're trying to take steps to address these issues now, it'll make us better prepared for the future as well. A future with less water and hotter temperatures. That will likely mean a lot of changes to the way we live. For Harvest Public Media and the Kansas News Service, I'm Elizabeth Rembert. Mm-hmm.
Excorrent Nunez contributed to these stories, a collaboration between Harvest Public Media and the Kansas News Service. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia-Dean. This podcast is produced by Byron Love and KCUR Studios and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. To read David and Elizabeth's stories about the drought in the Great Plains, visit kcur.org, where you can find more Midwest and local news from Kansas City's NPR station. Tomorrow, we'll hear how lobbyists influenced and benefited from the legalization of sports betting in Kansas. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you soon. On this season's final episode of KCUR Studios and the NPR Midwest Newsroom's investigative series, Overlooked, Chapter 6, Untouchable. Residents of Kansas City, Kansas had been sounding alarms about Detective Roger Golubsky and corruption in the police department for decades. Power is best shared when you share it with the authorities of the people. And if you don't do that, we will flood your office with victims and survivors and show you what time it is. But city leaders did nothing, and Golubsky retired in peace while the families of his victims mourned. It wasn't until a year after KCUR started working on this podcast that the FBI finally arrested Golubsky on just a fraction of his alleged crimes. So he's the, the reason society is messed up, and he gets a pass still to this day. I didn't think I'd be emotional about that, man. I thought it'd be whatever, but that stuff is crazy, man. You're looking at your justice system again, it worked, man. It don't work the same way for everybody. What does justice even look like after all this time? From KCUR Studios and the Midwest Newsroom, Overlooked investigates the systematic problems long left unaddressed throughout the Midwest. Download the six-episode series wherever you get your podcasts. You listen to this podcast every day because it's your KC local reliable news source. You take us seriously. But you know, we like to get down and we want you to party with us. Join us at our annual benefit, Radioactive, on June 14th. NPR's All Things Considered host, Ari Shapiro, is the featured guest at this party, and it's gonna be bumping. You gotta be there. Sponsorship packages and ticket information are available at kcur.org slash radioactive.